What's up, my beautiful soul tribe, and welcome to another episode of Break Bread with BB. It has been a few weeks since the conclusion of my last series, and I am super freaking excited to be here and bring you guys in for season two of the next episode called Rejection is Redirection. Y'all, when I tell you that this episode actually came to me in a way that I was not expecting, that's an understatement. And before I even get down into the nitty gritty of what rejection is redirection even means, I want to start by giving you guys just a little insight into why we should start viewing rejection as a positive, as opposed to the way that we've been conditioned by society to see it as a negative. And the best way I can possibly put it to you is that it really is all about the mindset. And that being said, I want to start out with some just some basic definitions. I think everybody knows what rejection and redirection mean, but I'm going to go ahead and define them both for you. So bear with me here. Rejection by de definition is the act of pushing someone or something away, the spurning of a person's affections, the dismissal or refusal of a proposal, idea, etc. Redirection, the action of assigning or directing something to a new or different place or purpose. Now, that being said, y'all know how passionate I am about walking into your purpose and stepping into your purpose and, and living life with intention. And I feel like in today's society, we as people as a whole are more prone to operate off of feeling and emotion rather than thinking about things from an objective and rational mindset. And when we do that, that literally can send your mind into a spiral of a whirlwind. And before you know it, you are literally laying down at rock bottom trying to figure out how you're going to get yourself from underneath all of that gravel. And there is just so many different ways that we've been conditioned to view rejection in such a negative way. And really, in theory, you have to ask yourself, well, what is it that rejection even looks like for the most of us? Like for most of us, how do we actually view rejection? What are some of the ways that we feel that we've been rejected? And again, I'm going to use that term very loosely because if you think back, I just said, we have to start learning how to operate from a place of rationality and not feelings and emotions. So I want to ask you, while I'm talking right now to just kind of think back to a couple of ways in your life that you feel like you've been rejected. And while you're doing that, I just want to touch on some of the ways that, like I said, society kind of creates what rejection looks like for the, the bulk of us. And in some of those ways, you know, it can look like, you know, that denial of a job promotion that you were looking for or that that wage rate increase that you were seeking, or even if it's just you're looking for a job in general. But then also, let's talk about unrequited love. And instinctively, I think some of you are automatically going to go to, oh, she's mentioning unrequited love in regards to a relationship. And yes, you would be accurate, but relationships mean just that, relation and ships. 
So that includes your family, that includes your friends, that includes acquaintances and and your partners ultimately, yes. But not just tying that to a man or a woman, unrequited love can come in all forms. And then what else is it that we feel like maybe that, you know, is a rejection, a form of rejection? So let's say you've tried out for that sports team and you didn't make the cut. And so now you've got to go back and do some reconditioning and come back the next year and try out again, or you're striving to be a singer or an actress or whatever it is that you want that you're seeking in life. Maybe you want to be a chef, you know, who knows, whatever your aspirations are, if you don't make the cut in that initial state, you automatically feel what we're prone to be conditioned to accepting that as, as rejection, when in theory, it's not. And the only reason you feel rejected is because that's what society has told you that that's what that is, as opposed to you looking at that from a a positive aspect and saying, wait a minute, maybe this rejection is not even a denial, it's just a delay. And because you're delayed doesn't mean that that's not supposed to come to fruition for you. All that simply means is it's just yet another delay. And so with that rejection, let's now turn that back around and look at it as a redirection. And now you're going to have another opportunity to sit back and reflect upon everything that has taken place and then figure out another game plan to go after what it is that you actually want in life. And so with that being said, y'all, I want to actually just talk about some of the ways that I, you know, in my old mindset way of thinking, thought was rejection in reality when all it was was uh, uh, just a small delay in, in time. And it doesn't mean that it was a no, it just meant not right now or not then. And I, you know, go back, you know, you guys that have been rocking with me since the beginning know my story. And so I, you know, my very first bout of what I viewed as rejection was when, you know, my father walked away from his responsibilities of raising a child and sticking out, you know, a relationship with my mother. But in theory, he wasn't actually rejecting me. He was just inequipped to be able to handle the responsibility at that age. And in theory, when I look back, I mean, he was 22 years old. He and my mother both were 22 years old. And so back then, even today, I feel like 22 is such a young age. And that number, you know, I won't get into all of the, 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 what is it, the word I'm looking for here. I won't get into all of the details of the number two or 22 specifically, but that number actually was pivotal in the birth of me. And um, so anyway, I, that was the first time that in my mind, as I grew older, that I actually viewed rejection as a negative thing. And it was simply because think about what it means for us when we feel rejected, right? When you're rejected, what is it that you actually are what is it that that goes on inside of your body? Your body feels a sense of deflation. You feel like it's a, um, really in theory, when somebody rejects you or or rejects your idea or rejects your your thought processes or whatever the case may have been, it's really just that fear because ultimately what you're seeking is the validation in somebody. And so you think that when you're being rejected, that it means that you're not worthy or that you're not good enough. 
But in retrospect, rejection literally is meant to just ground you, ground you so that you can regather. And I, you know, also in some of some of those other ways, as far as being rejected from a feeling based standpoint, I was obviously not thinking rationally in these times. And I honestly, maybe at that age, wasn't even well equipped with the capacity to be able to distinguish rationality and emotion based thinking, just like a lot of you guys. And so, and it doesn't even have to put an age on it. You could be two, you could be 22, you could be 42, you could be 55. It really doesn't matter how old you are everybody at some point feels like they're not well equipped with the capacity to be able to withstand rejection and it's literally just because you're lacking the ability to shift your mindset and then again i bounced back to that was the first time that i felt rejected was when my dad was gone you know well then after that you know as life kind of unfolded you know i went through some really rocky times in relationships and most recently, you know, a few years ago, I went through a divorce. And as I tried to stand grounded in my faith and I prayed through a relationship that, again, I always say that I really had no business being in. It was really, you know, I ended up there through grief, but I prayed for a marriage for this reconciliation. And each time I prayed, the harder I prayed, the the harder the rejection that was faced, you know, or thrown back at me. And so I felt rejected in that moment as well. And I know there are a lot of men and women out there that if you're going through relationship woes or you feel like you're, you know, on the brink of something, you know, maybe not going the way that you anticipated that it's going, if your partner isn't giving you that love or that affection or that attention, you're starting to feel a form of rejection. And it's because, again, I go back to saying that when we feel rejected, it's because we have that fear of being invalidated. And even then, you know, let's, I talked about earlier, I said, you know, maybe your rejection was a form of, you know, you seeking out employment. For me personally, I can tell you guys, it has always been a goal and a dream of mine to be an entrepreneur. I always knew I was not cut out to be a long-term employee. And that's not to knock employment for anybody on any level, but I always wanted to be the person that kind of had control over my time, my money, and the way that my family operated. I never wanted to have to be the person that had to ask off two weeks in advance for a vacation request, nor did I want to have to work, you know, a whole year just to obtain two weeks worth of paid vacation and then have to fight with my employer to take that time off and at a time when they said that, you know, business demands were at a lull. And that just was not me. And there's nothing wrong with that being for somebody else. It just wasn't suited for me personally. And, but I will tell you something, I tried to embark on, I started embarking, I wouldn't say tried, but I started embarking, you know, down an entrepreneurial path back in 2020, right before COVID popped off. And Talk about being defeated when you're launching an online business in the middle of a pandemic and not really having the wherewithal at that moment to deal with all of the emotions that come with now you're going through a major life change, but then also you're trying to grow a business. You feel kind of like a fish out of water. And when things didn't start to you know, take off the way that I wanted them to take off, I automatically started to feel rejected. And Again, I was thinking more from a feeling-based reaction as opposed to looking at things and standing back and regrouping and dealing with those things from a logical, rational point of view. And 
I said, well, you know what? I'm not equipped to be an entrepreneur. My mindset coaching and health coaching business will never take off. I started to self-deprecate like a lot of us do. The minute that we don't get our way or the minute that something doesn't go as planned, we start to go into this, woe is me, why? I can't believe this happened. And then we start to self-loathe. And that's the worst thing that you can do to yourself is to self-deprecate. And I had to remind myself, you guys know that I'm a spiritual woman. You know that I'm a God-fearing woman. And I lost sight in 2020, even though I've always been rooted in faith, I lost sight of whose child I really was. And instead of me turning to my father and praying about what it is that I should have been doing, I went down a path of, oh my God, it's never going to work out. And I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit. But I will tell you, I'm so glad that I didn't quit. And I won't say that business for me is lucrative right now because it would be a bold-faced lie, but I can tell you something right now. It doesn't matter how slow to start that this actually is. I can promise you I'll die trying. And that's really what I want to preach and push into you guys is that just don't give up. If you've got a dream on something that you really, really, really want, don't give up on it. Don't self-deprecate. Allow that rejection to turn into redirection. And I, you know, I'm pushing. Here I am. You know, I, I talk about all the time that this podcast kind of fell into my lap and it did. You know, I, I won't go too much into detail, but I, you know, I was asleep. I woke up and in the middle of the night, it was 1 11 a.m. And the title was Break Bread at BB, Break Bread with BB. And I didn't know what that meant. So I wrote it down. I wrote it down until I could pray about it and figure out what it meant. Well, then you move on from that. I, I'm going to go back for just a minute. And I was talking about how I felt like my business was failing. And so immediately I was looking for a safety net. How do, how do I fix this problem? I'm running out of money. My savings are depleting. My bills are due. I have a dependent. I have a child that relies on me. There is nobody else. And immediately I started going into, I have to find a job. I have to find a job. I've got to get a job. And so I started resume building and I was putting together these things. And I lost sight of the fact that at the end of the day, I never really wanted to be an employee anyway, but I was ready and able and willing to settle for something less than what I actually deserved and wanted out of life. And those are just some of the ways that I, you know, was facing and dealing with what I thought was rejection in a negative way. And the crazy thing about all of that was really the reason that I started looking back for the safety net, if you will, of a job, of a, of a 40 hour, you know, work week, nine to five stable income, you know, job that I hated. I hated that to begin with, I've hated it my entire life, but I was so quick and ready and able to go back to doing something that I hated doing because I feared not being qualified enough to walk into a purpose that I didn't even realize was being called upon me. And that fear of me feeling like I wasn't qualified and being seen, I had to stop back and I had to go back to my faith and I had to say, okay, wait a minute, Brandy, why is it that you're already so quick to give up on, on your dreams and everything that you want out of life for a safety net? And in theory, when you think about it, is a job really a safety net? Because at the end of the day, when you go to work for an employer, your livelihood literally lies in the hands of that business being successful. Because guess what? If that business goes out of business, if that company fails, you no longer have a job. So is it really a safety net? 
the best thing that we can do, honestly, as people today, now, you guys, the only thing I can tell you right now, I, I breathe life into people that want to walk down the road of entrepreneurship. It is the only way to save yourself. It is the only self-assured, guaranteed way for you to have full control over your livelihood. Because if you put your livelihood in the hands of an employer, you're always at their mercy. And I had to stop and take a step back and say, Brandy, wait a minute. The only reason you're so, so quick to walk away from pushing through this business endeavor is because you fear that you're not qualified enough to do it. And so I had to drop to my knees and I had to pray. And as cliche as that's going to sound to you guys, it's the truth. And I was like, you know what? Break bread with BB. Okay. What does that mean, God? You, you put the idea in my head. So what does that mean? And do you want me to step in front of the camera? Oh, heck no. I've got a fear of public speaking. I don't want to be seen. I don't want, I, I'm not even qualified enough to give anybody mindset coaching advice or to, to coach anybody into anything because I've failed so many times in life at things that I've started or I've started things and didn't finish them. But guess what that did? That made me human. And yeah, it may not have equipped me with book knowledge. It definitely equipped me with life knowledge. And I've, I've had a story to tell since the moment that I came out of the womb. Just like a lot of you have a story to tell, you may be afraid to tell it, but I'm going to tell you something. So when I was in prayer, I asked God, what is it that you want from me? Please tell me, please show me because I'm at my, I'm at rock bottom here. I've, I've only got so many more months left before I'm tapped out of income. I, I need you to, to guide me. What is it that you want from me? What is it that you need me to do? I'm giving you full control over me now. I'm no longer in the driver's seat. And you guys, I heard this voice that said, Brandy, my child, you will inevitably be seen, but first you will be heard. And when I tell you that that was a profound, mind-blowing, knock me back off my feet, right onto my butt moment, that is literally the epitome of that statement that I just made. I was mind-blown. I was shell-shocked. I was shook to my core because what the heck does that mean? Who am I to be sitting behind a microphone, let alone sitting in front of a camera, talking to anybody about anything? And there is a moment, you guys, where at the beginning of this year, I signed up for this seminar and I didn't know how life-changing that this actual event was going to be. It was supposed to be a quick, I think, three to four hour event that ended up turning into like a 13, 14 hour long day event. I was with somebody, you know, and we had taken actually a road trip to Houston. And while they were driving, I was listening to this. I was watching, I should say, I was watching this webinar and the release date, the irony is it was released on February 22nd, which is 222. And those numbers, as I say to you guys, it means nothing to people that aren't into spiritual numbers and the meanings behind them, but those numbers are very profound if you know what they actually mean biblically. And so it started then, but I was watching this event by a young woman by the name of Jamie Kern Lima, and it's called Believe It. I actually watched this event. It had such incredible speakers. Um, that day. And I won't go through the list of, of people that were there, but they were absolutely phenomenal. And 
throughout this event, they're talking about the very things that I was being faced with is when you don't feel like you're qualified and overcoming fear and taking life and walking into your purpose and how to do so and how you're not alone. And when you have a calling, you can't run from the calling. And the crazy, crazy thing about it all was that I I didn't realize that day that that was going to be a life-changing event for me. I didn't realize that until a few hours before I, I actually started to record this episode. And I'm not even going to go back into all of that. Maybe, if, you know, another time, another day, I'll get more in, de- in depth into that. But I digress because I don't want to get too far off topic here. And so I said, you know, the last thing that I had was, you know, what God spoke to me, which was, my child, you're inevitably going to be seen, but first you'll be heard. And the only way for somebody to hear what I have to say is to walk into this, this purpose that I have nowhere. It's going to, you know, way of knowing where it's going to lead me, but it was the podcast and break bread with BB is literally meant to just come and sit down. This is a safe place. This is somewhere where you can come and you can listen, you can take advice. You can have somebody that you can relate to somebody that may have had, you know, some things go on that maybe you did too, but you didn't have anybody else that you could talk to about it. That's why social media exists today. I love the ability to be able to converse with people all over the globe. It's an an incredible, magical thing. And some of my biggest supporters are not even close to me, you guys. And when I say close, I mean, and geographically, and I also mean, you know, spiritually and emotionally, these are people that have been, have become, you know, my biggest support system. And I've never even met these people face to face. They don't even live in the same country, but we all breathe life into each other for each other because the road to entrepreneurship is a very lonely road. And most people that, that aren't on it don't get it. And so I just wanted to go back and say, you know, if you have something that you want to walk into and something that you are really, really passionate about, you cannot let the fear of rejection be something that stops you dead in your tracks. Because if you do, then the enemy wins. And the crazy thing is about, you know, I always wondered, I I was, I was very nervous. I'll be, this is full disclosure and full transparency. I told you guys, I'll always come to you with the truth. And I was actually nervous to not only to speak about God in a podcast or on my social media platform, even though that's where I'm rooted, I was always terrified to speak about it because I feared the rejection from people. And I, you know, I thought, well, you know, if I start talking about my faith, nobody's going to listen. Nobody's going to want to hear it. They're going to think I'm preaching to them instead of actually trying to teach them something. And when you can decipher the difference between preaching and teaching, I think then you start to look at the world a little differently and you start to look at people a little differently. You start to look at your life in and of itself a little differently and you become more open to receiving what somebody has to say. Because I don't for a second consider myself a preacher, but I definitely feel like I'm a teacher. And I want to go back just before I let you guys go. I'm going to wrap this up here really quickly, but that whole fear thing is stifling. It is a dream killer. It's a life killer. And fear will hold you captive and bound in stagnation. And 
I'm going to give you guys a couple of scriptures because one thing that I learned about all this is I started, you know, walking my spiritual journey and, and praying to God and asking him for guidance and to give me the wisdom to be able to articulate to anybody what it is, the message that needs to be conveyed. And I don't know the Bible in and out like a devout Christian does. I, you know, know certain scriptures and I know that I have faith and I know that I'm God fearing. And for me, that's always been enough. But as I started praying about what it was that I needed to, to, to teach people or what direction I needed to go in life, and especially as I started to, you know, walk into, you know, the topics of this episode, especially, and I recognized that rejection, like I said earlier, literally is just our fear of, you know, feeling like we're not, you know, accepted and we're not enough. We're not enough for somebody or something or someone or ideas are not good enough or we're not worthy. And it led me, I said, God, I need you to help me convey a message. What What is it that I can say? Where is it? Show me in the Bible because I don't know your word that well. I don't know your word well enough to sit here and guide people. So where is it that that you're wanting me to go? And I have a daily devotional that I read, you know, every morning. And it, you know, is always equipped with a Bible verse. And today I was led to Jeremiah chapter one, verse eight, and it's, do not be afraid of them for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. And I was like, wow, you know, like here we are talking about fear. And if you're really, truly a spiritual person and you are rooted in Christ, God tells you not to fear. So what are you afraid of? If he's for you, what can total, what honestly could be against you? You have no reason to fear anything. And then I said, you know what? I don't feel like that's enough. I don't feel like that's enough, God, because I still don't feel qualified. I still don't feel qualified to be doing this. So wh what is it that you want me to see? And it's so crazy when I go back and I tell you, I go back to that event that I watched with Jamie Kern Lima that day. My life changed that day, you guys. And a few weeks later, I was watching another, I should say a couple of months later, actually, I was watching and I was uh, a part of another seminar with um, Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. And that one was even more incredible as if these people could you know, be more incredible than they already are, more inspiring than they've already been. They never cease to amaze me. But Jamie spoke at their event and she ended her her speech with what I didn't even realize was was biblical in the moment, you know, until today, actually, actually today. And she said, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And it hit me like a ton of bricks then, but it brought me to tears today because even as I recorded this episode, I still said, I don't feel qualified and I'm a little bit afraid, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then I remembered, I remembered that, that, that quote that she spoke because it, it has been burned into my brain. And so if there's anything that y'all don't feel qualified to do, or if you're doubting yourself behind, I'm telling you, please take comfort in that verse and, or that quote, I should say, 
And I'm going to say it again because I really want you to I want you to resonate with it. I want it to sit inside and sink into you the way it sunk into me. And again, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And I still, I needed something else. I needed something else from God. And I kept asking him to show me, show me, show me. And I kid you not, I was praying and I got up and I turned on my computer and it was like, some sort of divine intervention, but it popped up 1 Corinthians 1 verses 27 through 29. And I was like, well, what the heck does that even mean? I don't know what that means. And so, you know, I open up my Bible and I'm like, okay, what is it that you're trying to tell me today? What is it? I'm, I'm ready, willing, and able to listen. And I just couldn't believe how powerful that that message was. And it was literally the very words wasn't verbatim. It was reworded entirely different. And I want you guys to open your Bibles and I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 27 through 29. And I hope you can interpret the exact same message that Jamie laid out in that last webinar that I watched. And again, I'm going to say it for the last time. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And so whenever there's a moment that you start to feel fear stricken again, and you start to feel like you're not qualified, I want you to remember something because the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. You know that. And if there's anything else to be said about that, I want you to know that when you're feeling that moment of rejection and fear, the enemy wants you to fear the rejection. So in those moments, you have to remind yourself that the rejection is the very moment when God gives you the opportunity to reflect on his redirection. And it is with that, my beautiful soul tribe, I leave you guys. I want to thank everybody for your love and support and your incredible, incredible following um, for me. And I want to go ahead and say, if anything in this episode has resonated with you or you feel like somebody needs to hear a word, please like, share, and subscribe. And the link is totally within the episode bios. I love you all.